Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 403, covering Ask Not and The Girl Who Made the Stars. Hi, friends. It's us again doing doing the Star Trek again. We're back two, doing more, more Star two, Trek. Two weeks in a row. More this short is, Star Trek. This is unprecedented for us. Also, once again, well, I said this last week with mm-hmm. Brian, this is going to be a short one, you guys, and, and then we ran like the full hour. It's, it's true. I mean... We do enjoy us some tangents, but without a third person here, maybe that won't happen this yeah, time. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But these two are both, you know, there's I mean, they're very, shorts. There's very little meat on these gym mats. Yeah, and not to say that they weren't enjoyable, because no. to, to some degree, I think they both were. But, you know, each of them is seven minutes, and typically, you know, there was a time when we would cover three one-hour episodes on this show, which was, you know, was too much. It was a but, different time. Yeah, and and then we... we uh, did too and now it's like ugh, we got to do more than an hour it's it's a bit much but this is also so lazy i think we've earned that Uh, after 10 years yeah and 700 like 750 ish Mm -hmm. episodes of star trek i think we can go you know one a week now i think i think that's good a little star trek for a treat i'm I'm not gonna lie uh i got home last night it's like ugh, i gotta watch 20 minutes of star trek (laughs) no you have to watch 14 minutes of star trek (laughs) Because, like, you look at the thing, and it and the runtime says 10, and then it's like, oh, right, but there's titles, and then there's a uh, preview for the next one. Yep. <laughs> so the actual short uh, is is nothing. So Six minutes long. That said, mm-hmm. why don't you tell us what happened, such as it is, in Ask Not. All right, so meet Cadet Therasidu, currently serving on Starbase 28, currently under attack by Tholians, and currently holding a phaser on handsome Captain Pike of the Enterprise. Our friend, the captain, has been arrested for mutiny. A lot of that going around lately. And placed under Cadet Sidhu's guard instead of, like, the brig, which I guess is full of other Tholians. Probably Quark. (laughs) Pike instantly attempts to take command again, trying to work out what's happening vis-a-vis the attack, but Sidhu is having none of that. You're a prisoner, Captain. You aren't in charge anymore. Yes, I am, Pike replies. I'm alternately charming and threatening and also acting weirdly out of character. I've noticed that, Sidhu replies, but I'm a regular and but I'm not a regular and don't know you well enough to know what's going on. What if your husband was dead? Pike growls. What if that happened? There's a lot of citing of rules and regulations about Hike, Pike is in charge and actually no, he's not in charge. But eventually Pike just takes his handcuffs off and so off and don't worry, it was just a test. Pike was really just testing Sidhu to see if she would follow protocol in a hostile situation, which seems like a really dick move to me personally. Anyway, welcome to the Enterprise, Cadet. Hope you don't get eaten by triples. Well, there there aren't any triples on the Enterprise that we're while. aware of yet. Well, for a while, there's there will be. But... through the turbo or the the uh, the Jeffrey's tubes. Right. Ooh, haven't thought the thought about the phrase Jeffrey's tubes in quite a while. That's Jeffrey's tube. I mean, it's named after Matt Jeffries. Yeah, the guy who designed the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, I like this one. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I I hated the the twist, which is my bad thing. Well, it's once again another friggin' test. It's just it's a thing I've gone on and on and on about. Like, well, yeah, the, I'm emotionally invested in this story and all the things that are happening, and then oh, guess what? They they weren't really happening. 
Well, I mean, there's nothing there's nothing more irritating than a show going, hey, this is really weird and out of character, isn't it? And then the explanation is, yeah, we knew it was weird and out of character. It's not really happening. Like, it's so much more interesting to have there be a reason why it's weird and out of character. Yeah, like, commit to it. If you yeah. want to do something wild, it needs to happen and then stay happened. Yeah. And they have managed, we've pointed this out before, to deliver fresh takes on a lot of old cliches. Like, sure. like we always cite the, um, the, the time loop episode. Like, mm-hmm. that is a stale old thing that they managed to make interesting. And they've done it a couple other times. Yeah. But this one still feels like a bit of a cheat. Well, and the thing is, like, even the base of it, like, being bad, the episode is still a lot of fun. It is. But, like, it's just it's just that, like, that thing at the end where it's like, don't worry, you're all, you, none of this was real. And you're just like, oh. Yeah. Really? Now, now, on the other hand, I do like, like, I like her being thrown off guard. Like, mm-hmm. it's an interesting situation we haven't seen that I can remember we probably have, but I, it doesn't stand out of my memory in, in Star Trek where the captain has been relieved of duty and a very, very junior officer has to watch them. And the captain uses his scary, like, Captains. authority to override that. And it's like, no, but you're not captain right now. And that's a that is a good test. Well, it's a great, like, first day on the job thing to have, ha- like, because it's, it's such a nightmare for anyone who's like, oh, it's my first day here. And then the I've, fucking I've heard great things about Captain Pike. Yeah, he seemed like a real nice guy. And then oh, like God. He just sh- suddenly every, there are guns everywhere and mm-hmm. alarms are going off and you just exploded a little bit and like okay, and they you're bring in char- you they bring you a prisoner in a black hood and you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh god, what what horrible criminal is this?" And it's it's handsome and kind Captain Pike. Oh crap. Yeah, exactly. There right, you're in charge of this situation. Is that a good idea? Nope, but uh, we got to go fight Tholians, so good luck. Don't but, fuck this up. But all that said, oh, boy, no. does she, <laughs> all that said, boy, does she rise to the occasion. Oh, she's so good. This is my good thing. Between her performance, the script, and the directing, like everything worked together real well. Mm-hmm. I really felt her her baseline terror and also her completely rising above that to be brave and to do the right thing. And she sold that pretty complicated mix of emotions very well oh yeah it is great doing that with a character we've just met too just like yep like developing that much of a character in five minutes is not easy and they do it yeah and it helps that you throw like uh, you know a good writing trick is to throw a character in the deep end to sure. throw them in a complicated or you know extreme emotional situation and see how they react then mm-hmm. at least the audience gets a baseline of like what they're like yeah and that helps here because you can see the panic, but you can also see the the professional officer training kicking in and not letting the panic win. It's like, okay, okay, I got one job, and it's to make sure the captain doesn't mm-hmm. escape from this room. Probably, yes. I would say, at this at this point in Star Trek history, the most celebrated captain in the fleet. Oh, yeah. Like, he, like he was Kirk 1, basically. Yeah, because Kirk wasn't there yet. Like, yeah. Kirk was on his way up the, up the ranks. So, Pike is in charge of the flagship. There's other good captains around, mm-hmm. but I think he might be the the main one. He's like the war captain, basically, from what I can tell. You know, like, yeah. uh, but also not a big aggressive guy. Oh no, not at all. Like he's and they talked about this in in the previous short, um, mm. the the Q and A one, where number one says, uh, you know, he absolutely wants to find diplomatic solutions mm. when he can. He's not like a very aggressive guy, and I yeah. liked all that. But he's also, you know, like, he's a big Starfleet war hero. Yeah. 
And in fact, your quote kind of relates to that. Oh, yeah. I really liked this a lot. This is actually getting back to the whole, like, uh, violence is a last resort thing. Tactical force is always the last resort, and vengeance should never be a factor. Yeah, and in, you know, in Enterprise and in a lot of Discovery, they seem to have forgotten all mm -hmm. of that. Like, that is supposed to be the the overwhelming Starfleet philosophy is talk it out first and yeah. do everything you can to avoid conflict. We don't want to fight. We're ready to fight, but we don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You can't push us around, but, like, we don't want to. Yeah. We're not going to throw the first punch here. No, there are situations where we have to defend our guys, but mm -hmm. we really don't want to have to fight. And it's good that Pike sees it that way. And that's why, as you point out in your summary, it feels very out of character for him to, to be so, you know, aggressive. Mm -hmm. But also, it's enough of a, like, well, the captain, like, took control of the situation or whatever. Yeah, he probably did that. I mean, they did definitely play on our expectations of every Star Trek ever. Because mm -hmm. the captain, even the best, most loyal captains, obey, pretty much obey whatever orders they want and ignore the others. Yeah. That is that is a mainstay of every Starfleet captain I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear what that admiral said. I guess we'll do whatever I want. Yep. I mean, even Picard did that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it wasn't like there could have been a perfectly reasonable explanation for this. Yeah. But, you know, the, the explanation was as it has been from, I don't know, probably episode two. Mm -hmm. Like this trick. has been from the earliest original series on. Mm -hmm. It's always a trap. Yeah. It's always a it's always a test. I'm not calling it a test anymore. It's a trick from now on because I'm yes. sick of this shit. Yeah. Again, I testing think anyone. You're just tricking me. You're an asshole. I think there's an angle that. That would make this interesting. I don't know what it is, but I bet some writer somewhere could put a new spin on this. Yeah. But, but this wasn't it. I don't know. This is like the most well-paved, like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is it, like in your top five Star Trek things, mm -hmm. like somebody gets God powers. It yep. was all a test. It like, was all you a know. test. Mm -hmm. Cloud alien. The... Yeah. Cloud. Cloud. So it was your good thing. There's a shot of the Enterprise's very vast engineering section towards the end of that that I really liked. You know, so mm -hmm. big and busy. It's got weird little robots buzzing around doing stuff. I love it. Yeah, it was a nice sort of like uh, sense of wonder coming to the ship thing, but from a different place. And also it didn't go on for 20 minutes. Yeah, no, it's nice doing it, being able to do a sense of wonder thing where it's like it's. It's just like a busy workplace, you know? Yeah, this is this is a part of the ship we don't spend a lot of time in, but this is where this person's going to work, so this is what she's excited yeah, about. Yeah, well, and she's an engineer, so of course she's going to be excited about it. Oh, was she? I thought she was security. Oh, maybe. I mean, I she's wearing red. She could be She could be either. I don't know, man. I only know the, her name because I looked it up on Memory Alpha. Like, Yeah, I, I didn't catch it. I don't know if they said it. Yeah. They just said cadet. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know. I, I really liked her, though, and I liked her character mm -hmm. a good deal. And I liked I liked the fact that she's married and that her husband is stationed somewhere else. Like, it seems so dumb. It's nothing. A character's mm -hmm. married. So what? But like anytime you give characters these little like human details, like we pointed this out when during the original series, we didn't know anything about any of those guys. Yeah. Like we knew the main three and that's it was was Scotty dating anyone ever was mm -hmm. was only when he was also murdering them was uhura anything like, <laughs> did she have any interests beyond 
hanging out with Sulu in in the botany lab. Like, she liked singing. She sang like twice. Yeah, but and that was all in season one. Mm-hmm. Like, the it's nice just to like we may never see this character again, but it's you know she's yeah. got a husband out there somewhere. It's just a nice little normal person grounding detail mm-hmm. that makes her not just some red shirt that who cares. Yeah, like it gave her something. And again, I don't want to praise it for like, ooh, amazing. No, it's just, it's just something. Well, that's a, you know, and I think part of it is just that we get this much detail in this little amount of time, you know. Yeah. Like the the whole the whole the whole short feels very well crafted. Yeah, it was. I just didn't like the test thing, but other than that, yeah, of course, it was another like I like these two handers. I like these put two people in a room and see what happens things. Yeah, absolutely. I might have specific, you know. Uh, quibbles about like the details but broadly speaking this is a great format for these things uh what else what else indeed oh uh speaking of her husband near the end they basically say uh to to make up for the fact that we put you through this really shitty situation uh we're gonna we're gonna give you like a couple of days conjugal visit like yeah you're welcome they 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 very clearly said uh you you get a little bone time for this this is your reward (laughs) although i do like that the uh the the where that goes is I don't want to see my husband show me engineering. Mm-hmm. It's so much more exciting. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we learned a little more about this cadet than, uh, than she wanted us to. <laughs> Fucking Dave waiting outside. Just like, I wonder when she's going to come out. I thought we are going to have a conjugal visit. They put, us on, they put me on a special shuttle all the way out here. <laughs> engineering is awesome. Oh my God. This is amazing. Um, Nice to see Pike again. Mm-hmm. Always happy like, to see that guy. I like him. He's, he's, well, I say still. I'm sure he shot all this when he did, like, season mm-hmm. two of Disco. But, like, that, that, uh, obviously channeling Shatner, but not in a bad way. That, that sort of charming smirk. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I love it. I love it. I, I will miss that guy. Yeah. No, I really hope we see him some more. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no idea what this franchise is doing. Not I don't seriously. think it, I don't think it does either. Yeah. But, you know. We'll see. Uh, what was your bad thing? I was hoping to see some redesigned Tholians in this, and I didn't. They're spider guys now. Mm-hmm. Spiders, because web. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm uh-huh. always interested to see what uh, the new shows do with the established guys, you know? I, I have A lot of the time, it's bad, but... Yeah, I haven't overall been pleased with Discovery's reimagining of a lot of the, like, existing... Trek aliens, mm-hmm. but uh, they could always, you know, they could always win me over. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, I didn't like the last time I saw Tholian, so maybe I'll be like it better this time. I don't know. Uh, I will say, if you want a good Tholian story, mm-hmm. um, IDW is doing a pretty good comic right now called Year Five, which is, yeah, we've seen this as Star Trek fans for years and years. Everyone wants to fill in the missing years of the two, of the five year mission. Sure. Because the original series got canceled after three seasons, so there's two years untold. So, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, the tenth time that I know of that they've tried to tell that. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember, that, like, back when I was working at the comic store, they tried this shit. Yeah, there's, I think uh, DC tried it. I think Marvel tried mm-hmm. it. Uh, there's novels, at least one series of novels, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I get it. There's a whole period where these guys are still having adventures, and you want to... You want to tell what happened. But yeah, if you're um, wondering what they got up to in those last two years. It was a lot, apparently. Yes. But uh, it's called Year Five. It's still currently going, and mm-hmm. it's actually quite good. There's oh. a there's a bit where I don't want to spoil specifics, just Uhura is working like they've they've managed to get a hold uh, sort of by accident. I don't think they took it prisoner or anything. 
of a baby Tholian. Okay. And Uhura studies it, and as it learns how to talk, she learns the Tholian language, which no one in the Federation has ever managed to do before. Sure. And so, then I assume she has to keep it safe from bounty hunters. Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. It's not, you know, the most amazing, I mean, but that it's, sounds, it's quite It's good. been a while since I've read a decent Trek comic, so. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anything else about this one? Uh, I think that's it. Oh, uh, no, we did do your bad thing. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah. And we did your quote. All right. Uh, you want to move on then? Yeah, let's do uh, Girl Who Made the Stars. All right. Way back before Michael Burnham became Sarek's latest half-hearted parenting experiment, and before her mom became the Red Angel... Or was it Michael herself who was the Red Angel, or maybe her? she was her own mom? I have absolutely no memory of this now, and absolutely no desire to look it up either. The important thing here is Lil Mike, whom I would guess is no older than, say, five, is living on a science outpost where they're still alive and not yet doing stupid things with time travel parents. This little girl is so adorable that she was obviously scientifically calibrated by expert cute smiths for maximum quantum adorability. <laughs> Which is something I, a cynical, childless, middle-aged man, should absolutely resent, but damn it, it's very effective and it completely works on me. Sorry to let down the side. Kid's cute, I don't know what to tell you. She's also scared of the dark, so her hot dad comes in to put her at ease with a bedtime story about a brave little girl from ancient Earth who made the stars. More specifically, she made it possible for her people to see the light, literally and figuratively. It's quite good, and also seemingly Afrocentric. I am way out of my depth here, mind you, but from my ignorant white guy point of view, I think they probably deserve a diversity point or two for this. Then the little girl, the one in the story, not Michael, grew up to be a mighty warrior queen, because you nerds like Black Panther, right? Michael, as we all know, will grow up to be an interstellar trash fire, the girl who made everyone's life a lot more difficult, if you will. <laughs> Better, more accurate title. Yeah. I mean, I I love her. I oh, love absolutely. Almost every character from this show that I still am struggling with, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not most of the characters' fault except L the one. Listen, Michael would not be nearly as interesting if she weren't the worst. Yes, no, that's what I love about her. Mm -hmm. Um, this is I really, really this is good. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, my good thing is basically so many of these shorts are completely willing to experiment with new ways of telling stories, mm -hmm. like. In this case, we've never seen... Like, the only animated Trek to this point we've ever seen is the, the Filmation animated series. Yeah. It which, don't look like this, I'll tell you that much for nothing. Had some okay writing at times, and the sure. voice acting was okay, but yeah, the animation was not great. Mm -hmm. And and tones we've never seen in this franchise before, like a fairy tale. Yeah. It still felt very Star Trek. It was character-driven. It embraced different cultures. It had an interesting sci-fi twist. But it was new and different, and why can't all the different new series be this determined to push the envelope even just a little? Yeah, it feels it feels a lot like well, these are the these are the shorts. They don't count as much, so like we can do we can do Yeah, other we can stuff. go we can go crazy with these. Yeah. And the thing is, I thought it was pretty like I didn't think it was the most amazing thing Star Trek's ever done. I thought it was above average, pretty yeah. good. But I give it so much credit for doing something new. I mean, mostly the most exciting thing I like my good thing about this is just I love that Trek is doing animation like, yep, you know, like for so long it was just a live action show. And like being a like will, being willing to spread out to, to something different is really cool to me. Yeah, and we're in an in an era where animation, because of CG and all that, is not nearly as expensive as it used to mm -hmm. be. Like, yeah, if, if you want, a, a you know a traditional hand-drawn animated look, you it gets a little pricey and it sure. takes a long time. But, like, 
there's ways to make, I mean, look at Star Wars, look mm-hmm. at like Clone Wars and then Rebels. Like there's, there's ways to pull this off. That's a little pricey, but it looks real good. Yeah. And you know, it's nice. It's mm-hmm. nice that they're like, because it, it opens up so many more possibilities of things you can like, aliens can look cool and, and planets can look weird and like, you know, you can make anything to, you can imagine. Yeah. It know? doesn't have to just be what we can make on a soundstage with a green screen. Right, exactly. And and uh, in particular, I think, uh, and you pointed this out as sort of the second part of your good Oh, thing. yeah. Um, we get the squid Pokemon alien, which looks really cool. Pokemon, huh? I've been playing a lot of Pokemon. Oh, okay. You, you know, monsters and, and like weird looking things aren't necessarily Pokemon, right? No, but this one looks specifically Pokemon. Okay. I saw that and was like, I could catch that guy in a ball. <laughs> Make him fight Psyduck. It was it was a cool looking thing that was humanoid enough that I could tell where its arms and head were, but yeah. it was still nice and alien looking, and I want more of that. Yeah, you know we don't we don't see enough like really weird fucking aliens, and that's a thing I'm always I'm always happy to see more of. Yeah, no, we've both said this. For, yeah, forever. Um, I do hope this is just a story. I don't. What I don't want is for that alien to have visited Earth as being official Star Trek canon, and it figures into a story. Like mm-hmm. I don't. This is nice on its own. Just leave it. Yeah, it you know? just works. It, yeah, and I believe but, we've already got. I found out. I was doing some. I was on Memory Alpha, and I was reminded because apparently I should have known. Uh, mm-hmm. This story does show up in. I believe the episode is Brother, which is I think the first episode of season two. And Michael refers to having, like, heard it before or something. Yeah, I think when she first goes to the Sarek house and she's, like, she talks a little about, like, what her parents did and yeah. stuff. And, like, here's a story they told me. I, that, that, that vaguely rings a bell. Yeah, so, you know, that's kind of cool, I guess. If if that's the only tie-in, I'm fine with it. Like I said, I just, because it was very clear that there was some actual sort of Star Trek, like, here's an alien who visited ancient Earth. Like, mm-hmm. oh, boy, this is this is another one of them cliches. If it's... Part of this fairy tale, that's great. But yeah. if it's if it's an actual like if Michael meets this alien in season three, I'm going to be irritated. Yeah, well, I believe it's also a real fairy tale. So is it? Like I don't think they made it up for. Uh... Ah, I have no idea. Like yeah. I, I probably should have done Hang even the barest amount of research, and I did not. Just see. If Tabity we can tap tap. Hell, mm-hmm. dear strong bad. Uh, yeah, I think the barest amount of research I've ever I'm doing here, but I, I believe uh-huh. this is a real this is a real story. Okay, well, it it feels like it might be, but as I said in my summary, I'm a, I'm a bit out of my depth because it feels like sort of an African you know folk legend or something, sure. and you know, as as a white dude wa- raised in the Western world, I am mm-hmm. woefully ignorant of these things, but uh, but I hope that it is. Yeah, like I hope you know if there are cool myths out there, I hope. They used one rather than making, making up a new one. one. Up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not that's not as good. Yeah, but either way, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm with you praising the look of it. I am. The design of it is all great. But my bad thing is some of the actual animation I thought felt a little cheap and a little like they were cutting some corners. Sure. Like, and I I don't know. I don't know enough about animation, and maybe I'm being like, you know, a little harsh, but. Uh, or maybe I'm spoiled because I watch things like Rebels or whatever. Sure. But it just felt like there's some time. Like, there's a snake that comes out that is just basically kind of moves out as one piece. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, 
doesn't coil or slither. Or, that I don't know. Snake just looked like somebody took a picture of a snake and put it in this animation. It looks like they took a rubber snake and tied a string to it and then dragged it along. <laughs> Guys, none of us know how to animate a snake. Wait, I have an idea. <laughs> They'll never to, know. To the joke factory. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, I, also, we both struggled. I don't even think you, you managed to find a bad thing. Oh, Did no, you? my bad thing is like, this thing was too fucking short to find a bad thing in. Yeah, it was very short. It had one bad thing and it was yours. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got, I got one. Mm. Um, you can have mine and I'll say, uh, the alien ship taking off and going to warp in the atmosphere. Oh, yes. Is dangerous. That's, that's what Star mm-hmm. Trek has taught me. I think maybe I'm wrong. Nah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, either a real thing or a thing we made up for Endeavor and then forgot. No, we haven't really taken the ship into any atmospheres because I never, like, I love that, but I never understand how it's supposed to work, and mm. I, uh, I'd i rather just steer clear of it. Sure. Uh, So my quote yes. is, there's a bit where the dad says something to little Michael, and I'm like, ugh, she doesn't know what that means. And then I love when shows do this, when, when I make a criticism out loud, and then they just do it themselves. Yep. So here's this. I hate being scared. I know. But I wonder if you hate the idea of being scared more than you probably are scared. Am I right? Dad, I'm too little to know what that means. It was just exactly my reaction. Good job. Mm-hmm. And that kid really was just super extra cute. It was a really good, it was a really good little kid. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if the dude who did the dad's voice is the same actor who played him. Mm. I hope that it is. That would be good, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like nice. it wouldn't be that hard to get that dude. No, I mean, if you cast him, you just say, look, here's part of the gig. Mm-hmm. Show up in a bunch of, like, flashbacks that last a second and also voice this, like, seven-minute cartoon. Uh, yeah, that's him, all right. Ah, good. Kenrick Green. Good job. Good job, Disco. Who apparently uh, is Sonequa Martin-Green's uh, husband? Partner? I did I did know that. I did know that. Um, we pointed that out when it happened. Because, mm. yeah, he plays, he plays her dad. Cool. A little weird. But, I mean, hey. you know. Yeah. Could be uh, worse, well, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. I had like five yeah. notes for this one. Yeah, and you know, I was I was paying attention, mm-hmm. and this is the second time I've seen it. I just just you know, these are shorts. There's yeah, not much to be said. Um, just want to make sure you you know anything you want to say. Uh, like... No. <clears throat> okay. Very well. Well, that's it then. Yeah. Um. Next week, we will be tackling the final pair of uh, short tracks, which yep. is Ephraim and Dot, which is another animated one. Uh, I've seen it. It's very good. It's animated in a very different style. Oh, cool. Um, and and the tone of it is very different. All right. Um, and then the final one, Children of Mars, is sort of a prequel to the Picard show. I don't want to say anything more about it, though. Okay. But it's it's cool that these, I was saying before we started, I think it's cool that the shorts are expanding beyond just fleshing out discovery Mm -hmm. like i've said for a long time my dream star trek show is an anthology because it's a big universe and there's a lot of weird little places you could tell one story about and i'm hoping this means the shorts are going to start exploring little corners of star trek that maybe we don't get to see very often yeah that would be really cool yep like when i when i said this 10 years ago i thought it would be cool for like a captain sulu show i Mm -hmm. think i think takei's probably a little old for that now but like i mean not if it's animated yeah, I guess that's true. Or you could get John Cho for it if he's not too busy. Also good. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all for this time. Yeah. Um, as ever, the website, postatomichorror.com. The Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. You can write to us, um, postatomichorror at Gmail. Uh, we will be, our next supplemental is not until April. Mm-hmm. Um, after we do the final pair of short treks next week, it is on to the Picard show, which has 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little while, but we will, we will answer your mail eventually. Yep. Uh, we are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Uh, please check out Endeavor, our uh, fanfic show uh, mm-hmm. this month. Well, by this month, I mean the 1st of February, so soon. Uh, we will be posting an episode that is uh, shorts written by uh, other people. Like yeah. Pe- people involved with the show, people we know. Uh, and they're very good. We're we're just wrapping up production of that now, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. And then March 1st, Season 2 begins, and we're very excited about that. So uh, check that out. It is at ussendeavor.com. Yep. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2020. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs>